Are you ready to take your intermittent fasting lifestyle to the next level? There's nothing better than community to help with that. In the Delay Don't Deny community, we all embrace the clean fast, and there's just the right support for you as you live your intermittent fasting lifestyle. You can connect directly with me in the Ask Jen group, and I'll answer all of your questions personally. If you're new to intermittent fasting or recommitting to the intermittent fasting lifestyle, join the 28-Day Fast Start group. After your fast start, join us for support in the first-year group. Need tips for long-term maintenance? We have a place for that. There are many more useful spaces beyond these, and you can interact in as many as you like. Visit jenstevens.com community to join us. An annual membership costs just over a dollar a week when you do the math. If you aren't ready to fully commit for a year, join for a month, and you can cancel at any time. If you know you'll want to stay forever, we also have a lifetime membership option available. IF is free. You don't need to join our community to fast. But if you're looking for support from a community of like-minded intermittent fasters, we're here for you at jenstevens.com community. That's jenstevens.com community. Achieving my long-term goals is more about creating healthy habits and less about quick fixes. And that's why I love both intermittent fasting and daily harvest. Tim Spector, a gut health expert and founder of Zoe, and Dr. B, gastroenterologist and author of Fiber Fueled, recommend that you aim for at least 30 unique plant foods per week. Daily Harvest helps make it easy. One of my favorite options is the sweet potato and wild rice hash harvest bowl. With Daily Harvest, I'm getting tons of plant-based options built on organic fruits and vegetables that are easy to prep and free of weird ingredients such as fillers, seed oils, and added sugars. Create healthy habits that last with Daily Harvest. For a limited time only, go to dailyharvest.com ifstories to get $30 off your first box plus free shipping. That's dailyharvest.com ifstories for $30 off your first box and free shipping. Daily harvest.com slash is stories. Welcome to Intermittent Fasting Stories. I'm your host, Jen Stevens, author of the New York Times bestseller, Fast Feast Repeat, as well as the book that started it all, Delay Don't Deny. I lost over 80 pounds thanks to intermittent fasting after learning how to delay my eating rather than denying myself the delicious foods I want to eat. Now, Who's ready to hear an inspirational intermittent fasting story? That's why we're here. So let's get excited to talk to today's guest. Hi, everybody, and welcome to episode 171 of Intermittent Fasting Stories. Today, I'm here with Jana Dworetsky. Jana lives in Thornhill, Ontario, Canada, and she is a chiropodist. Okay, I can't say it. Say it, Jana. Chiropodist. Okay. <laughs> I wrote it down. We practiced me saying it, and I was like, okay, I'm just going to blow it. That is Canadian speak for like a podiatrist here in America. So <laughs> she works on feet. The good news is when I wrote it down, I was able to use my word parts like a good elementary teacher and figure out what the word meant. Yeah, I just still right, can't. You did. You said I did. It. I said it right <laughs> before we started recording, but I, I can't now. Sorry. No problem. Chiropodist. You're forgiven. Thank you. Yes. Is chiropodist. that right? Yep. Okay. <laughs> 
<laughs> well, very cool. And I've learned something today. It's always fun when you can teach the teacher something. So welcome, Jana. And I'm so Thank glad you. to be here. I am thrilled to be here. It's such an honor to talk to you, Jen. Honestly, you've become one of my mentors. Oh, well, thank you. I love that. You know, I love feeling like I'm teaching the world something. You absolutely are. Absolutely. <laughs> so, you know, I like to start by asking what brought you to intermittent fasting and when was that? Yeah, absolutely. So like many of your listeners, and I've listened to all the podcasts and a lot of the guests, I've had a lifelong yo-yo dieting history of many, many diets. As early as I can remember, I think I started with Weight Watchers. I remember my mom bringing me to Weight Watchers meetings when I was in grade six. But I even have um, memories of going to meetings even before that. If I were to guess, I would even say grade four. But my whole life, I've been on diets and off diets and losing weight and then finding it again. Just to go into that for a second, when you look back at yourself, that fourth grade and sixth grade, Jana, were you overweight? I was chubby. It wasn't like childhood obesity, but I was chubby. And I definitely, in grade four, the kids made fun of me. I had a lovely nickname that I remember certain kids calling me. So oh, that's awful. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I, I don't know if it would fly today, but it did no. then. <laughs> Mm-hmm. So yeah, I mean, I've done everything from I, I just sat down last night and made a list of all the different diets that I've been on to see if I could remember them. Weight Watchers, my mom hired a personal nutritionist that came to my house when I was in elementary school as well. I did Herbal Magic, South Beach Diet, I've tried like Modare, Herbalife, Isogenics. I've even been on diet pills like uh, Metformin for weight loss and Xenical. And I did Nutrisystem. My youngest was born in 2014. And when he was about a, just over a year, I decided that's it. I got to do something. I put so much weight back on and I started that. This, this was back in November of 2015. I went to the gym that day and I said, I'm going to be good. I'm going to go to the gym like three, four times a week. And I do not exercise. And I just went and I started making healthy food choices because I'd been through so much nutrition and also with my schooling. Right. And I did. And I went in that year, I remember in 365 days, I was at the gym 336 days. Over the course of a year and a half, I had a goal by my 40th birthday to weigh 170 pounds. And I never quite made it, but I did lose about 60 pounds. By the time my 40th rolled around, I didn't quite get to my goal and you get a little down and my food choices started not being so good anymore. I still went to the gym and I was still going to the gym right up until the pandemic hit. But my weight started creeping back up and I was gaining weight again and pretty much put on, I would say about 50 of that 60 pounds that I had lost back on. You know, that yo-yo, we've all been down that Mm -hmm. and it is so discouraging. It really is. It is. Because you've worked so hard. I mean, I remember that. I remember when I got down in like 2009, I got down to all like, like you almost to my goal. Oh, and you know what's so funny? That was the year I turned 40. There you go. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I was like, I, was, <laughs> I didn't even make that connection, but I got almost to my goal in 2009 doing some crazy stuff. That was the HCG years. Yeah. You know, yes. I was doing all that. And I got down, I think, probably to like a size eight and almost to my goal weight and then could not claw it there. I couldn't claw my way down and I could not hang on. I just whoop, 
right back up that slope. And that was the first time I, I think I crossed over into obesity is after that. Yeah. I, Instead of just being overweight, suddenly there I was in obese. Yeah. I think the last time I was in a size eight, I was in grade eight. Like, so it had been a long time. <laughs> and I just like, you know, I know my weight was going back up and looking at pictures of myself. And I'm like, all this work I did. And I had always sort of been in good health, no matter my size and my weight and always able to do anything physical and everything. I did kinesiology as my undergrad and I did all the sports for that and I did it all. But I always knew that at some point my health would start to go as you're not so young anymore. You get a little older, things happen and holding on to such excess weight, I knew eventually I would become diabetic or something was going to happen. Then it did. I see a rheumatologist. I have rheumatoid arthritis I've had since birth. It also doesn't bother me. It's always been under control. In April of 2019, my liver enzymes, my ALT was raised above the normal. They say normal is anything less than 36. And in April 2019, my numbers were 37. And I go every three months for blood work and they check that. And by October of 2019, it was 47, which is the highest it's ever been. Oh, so it was really going up. Yes, it was really going up. And I asked my rheumatologist, I'm like, okay, so I'm starting to get a fatty liver. What do I do about that? And she's like, well, lose weight. I'm like, okay. Thank you. <laughs> <Thanks>. Magic. <laughs> so easy. Easier said than done. So right. that was October 2019. And then I remember on December 27, 2019, a girlfriend and I with my daughter, we had lunch or we actually went for tea that day. And she had told me she maybe only for a couple days or a couple weeks had started this intermittent fasting. And she told me about it and she was saying, you you know, you don't eat breakfast and this and that. And I was like, nope, not for me. Forget it. I love breakfast. It's my favorite meal of the day. There's no way I'm ever skipping breakfast. I had the same reaction about it that everybody else would have when they first hear about it. I'm just like, nope, not for me. Thank you very much. Moving on. There's no way I'm doing this. And then in January, January 5th, actually, another friend of mine told me like she had started intermittent fasting a week ago. And I'm like, okay, hold on. This is the second time in like a week now that somebody's telling me about intermittent fasting. It felt like the universe was trying to tell me something. I looked it up online and honestly, the next day, January 6th, 2020, I started intermittent fasting and that was it. And I honestly haven't looked back since And, you know, that was a great time to be looking it up because that was right after the New England Journal of Medicine article came out. So if you looked it up right then on January 5th, 2020, I'm sure it led you to that New England Journal of Medicine article and all the press. I didn't see the article. You just saw the press surrounding it? Uh, Yeah, I just saw other articles. I don't remember reading the New England Journal article, but I, I read a lot of other sites and things like that. And then my friend added me to your Facebook group. And then I added, I joined a couple other ones. I started and that was that. And then the pandemic hit. Right. Right. If we got locked down here in March of 2020, so the middle of March, I had been intermittent fasting for about two months and I had lost by then 17 pounds. And I just remember seeing all these memes and everything coming on the internet, like, oh, everyone's going to be locked down and coming out of lockdown, gaining weight and all that. And I was determined. I'm like, you know what? I've lost 17 pounds. So far, this had been the easiest thing I'd ever done. And I was really liking it. I I didn't find it hard skipping breakfast. Everything I thought it was going to be, it wasn't. I just was more determined than ever, like during the lockdown to stick with it. I just kept busy 
that's all. I, I remember one day I scrubbed my grout in my kitchen floor with a toothbrush. Like I just kept busy <laughs> to not eat. Like, that's a great strategy. I, could do. I organized. Yeah. I organized like my furnace room, my basement, like everything I could find. Everything got cleaned and organized while we were locked down. It was, yeah, I just kept busy and stuck with it. It's the easiest thing I've ever done. I'm still doing it and I plan on doing it for life. That's fabulous. So the pandemic, yeah, it was such a year of challenges for so many people, but you're not the first person that I've I've talked to that said that the pandemic, they actually went through the pandemic, started intermittent fasting and came out on the other side lighter. Yes, I definitely have. So I'm excited to see people I haven't seen throughout the pandemic because they're going to be like, they're something different about you. <laughs> now we're recording this. It's early August of, of 2021. So are y'all still locked down? I, I know Canada's yeah. been more locked down than, than down here in Georgia. We're slowly coming out of it. Uh, we've definitely been locked down for most of the pandemic here in Ontario. We're a little bit more open now. So we're able to go to restaurants. There's limitations, but we're not fully out of it yet. But we are starting to open up. We all face stress in our daily lives. What if the answer to a better stress response is in one key nutrient? I'm talking about magnesium, and specifically, Magnesium Breakthrough by by Optimizers. This one-of-a-kind product is designed to reverse low levels of magnesium, which could have a positive effect on our stress response. But don't take my word for it. Here's a quote from a 2020 issue of the scientific journal Nutrients. Results suggest that stress could increase magnesium loss, causing a deficiency. And, in turn, magnesium deficiency could enhance the body's susceptibility to stress, resulting in a magnesium and stress vicious circle. I only recommend Magnesium Breakthrough by by Optimizers. It's the only organic full-spectrum magnesium supplement that includes seven unique forms of magnesium for stress resilience and better sleep. Simply go to bioptimizers.com slash ifstories promo code IFSTORIES10 to get your magnesium breakthrough and find out this month's gift with purchase. That's buyoptimizers.com slash IFSTORIES, promo code IFSTORIES10. If you've been listening to my podcast for a while, you know what a fan I am of Dr. Tim Spector and the work he's doing with Zoe. I was first introduced to his work in 2015, and I've been following his research ever since. What I love most about the Zoe Science and Nutrition podcast is that they have weekly interviews with world-leading experts who explain how their latest research can benefit your health. Recently, I was thrilled to finally meet him face-to-face as we recorded an episode for the Zoe Science and Nutrition podcast, and this episode aired on on April 11th. We had a chance to talk about the world's biggest intermittent fasting study, and I had the opportunity to explain the clean fast to Jonathan, which may explain why he didn't enjoy his prior experiences with fasting. Search for Zoe Science and Nutrition on your podcast player or on YouTube to hear the latest episode, and don't forget to look for the April 11th episode to hear me, Tim, and Jonathan talk about the world's biggest intermittent fasting study. How has it affected your work as far as like being able to go to work and see patients? In the beginning, back in March, when we got locked down, everything was shut down. We weren't open. I went into work maybe two days a week to see emergencies and urgent care. But I literally saw one patient. I kept my door locked, brought them in one-on-one. That was it. But by June of 2020, we were deemed essential, which we are, and we were able to then, we were then able to see patients and it's sort of been at a reduced capacity, but business as normal since then. So we haven't been locked down even with all the lockdowns that have come after that. So I've been working the whole time, which has actually made it easier. That's good. Yeah. When I went back to work in June, I started the Mealless Mondays 
which I know Roxy leads it on the Facebook groups, but honestly, I hadn't seen the Mealist Mondays until after I'd already started. I just, my Monday schedules, I work till seven o'clock at night and I don't like eating past seven o'clock at night. So I was like wondering if I could go the full 24 hours on the days I had to go back to work and be there until seven. I didn't get home till close to eight. So I was like, let's give this a try. Yeah, perfect day to be mealless. So you started that I in started June, that of in 2020. June of 2020. Yes. And that sort of morphed into a 24 to 48 hour fast. Eventually, my, my Mondays became right. 48 hours. I would fast until dinner time on Tuesdays when I would get home from work around six o'clock. And then I would have dinner with the family, but I would just fast right through my Mondays and then go to work Tuesdays. And it was a weekly 48 hour fast. When I started intermittent fasting, I did the 16 8 and it morphed into 18 6. And then it eventually became 24 with a 48-hour fast once weekly. Now, I'm going to jump in here. Have you read Fast, Feast, Repeat yet? Okay. The one thing that I would recommend is after a longer fast, like Mm Mealless Monday, you know what I'm going to tell you? At that point, I hadn't read it. Yes. Update. (laughs) But at that point, I hadn't read (laughs) any of your books. I don't think I I read uh, Delay, Don't Deny, and Fast, Feast, Repeat right after it came out. But um, yeah. Okay. Yeah, because it hadn't, yeah, that didn't come out till it was late June of 2020 when it came out. But after a longer fast, I do recommend an update. And that's just based on the research. You know, we want to keep yes. our metabolism so what, humming well, along. Yeah, and I do you that know, we now. Make sure and what get... happened was I hit a right. plateau by about December of 2020. Right. My weight sort of was very stagnant. I. How much had you lost up to that? 60 pounds, 62 pounds, something like that. So I was, I was doing well. I had lost the 60, the 50 pounds I had put back on plus another 10. So I was back sort of down to where I was previously around my 40th birthday, but I was stuck and I still had weight to go and I didn't want to stay where I was. I noticed like December, January, February, my weight was the same. It didn't matter what I did. I have heard you talking about many, many times alternate daily fasting. Just like mm-hmm. I thought of intermittent fasting at the beginning and I poo-pooed it. I was like, no, alternate daily fasting. There's no way I'm doing that. I'm like, that's not <laughs> that for me. Not Forget for it. Me. <laughs> and then I started thinking, I'm like, you know what? March 1st starts on a Monday. I'm going to challenge myself just to the 31 days of March. That's all I'm going to do. I'm going to do the alternate day. I'm going to see how it goes for the month and then decide if I want to stay. So March 1st, I started doing the alternate daily fasting, update, down day, update, down day, and so on and so forth for the month. The first two weeks of March, the weight just kind of like started to fall off again. It was great. And then it slowed down a little bit and settled into a normal weight loss. But at the end of March, I was like, well, this is great. I loved it. It was wonderful. I liked the results. It wasn't as hard as I thought it was going to be. It meshed well into my life. The only thing I didn't like about it was the alternating factor of it. I'm very much routine. And I like on Mondays, I know what's happening. And on Tuesdays, I know what's happening. Mm -hmm. And with ADF, it was like, well, every other Monday was different. In April, I just switched to a 4-3. So now I fast. Yeah. Yeah, that's why 4-3 is so much better for me. What what, what was your schedule So again, Mondays are my long day at work. So it's easy peasy. I miss Mm -hmm. dinner at home. I don't even have to see my family eating. And uh, Wednesdays and Fridays, I fast as well. So then Tuesdays, Thursdays, and Saturdays are my up days where I have a six-hour eating window. I eat at least two meals. And Sundays are kind of a free day. So I maybe have breakfast, maybe don't. Yeah, exactly. Just, Just do what feels right. Going on. And it's great. Mm-hmm. So I plan on staying with this until I hit goal, which I'm now 
seven pounds away from my goal range. Yes. Oh, that's exciting. So how yeah. much have you lost? I've lost about another You had lost pounds. 60, then you plateaued. So I've, I'm down to a total of 83 pounds lost. Awesome. I have another seven to go. And yeah, then I'm wow. in my goal range. So I'll be at that's the high amazing. end of my goal range. And wherever things right. settle. I love that. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. We'll see how it goes. <laughs> I love that. And you're making it your own and you're making it fit your lifestyle. And (laughs) ADF is not scary. Yes, it is. Okay, to think about. It's scary in contemplation. But I love what you said, just as skipping breakfast sounded scary to you at Mm -hmm. the beginning. So did ADF. And people are like, yeah, I just can't do that. And it really is a great lifestyle for a lot of people. Now, some people try it and it doesn't work for them. They're like, no, Mm -hmm. not for me, even after they've tried it. You have to give it time. You know, see see if it settles in. Exactly. But I think it's it's difficult in it contemplation, in but easy in execution. Like you said, you don't know until you try. Mm-hmm. And I tried it. Yeah. I challenged myself for the ADF for the one month, and it wasn't as hard as I thought it was. Just like intermittent fasting wasn't as hard as I thought it was going to be. And and I say it to everybody who I talk about this with uh, now, because at the beginning I didn't tell anybody, which is a whole other thing. Now I'm like, it's the easiest thing I've ever done. My entire life of different diets and pills and shakes and things and whatnot, this is the easiest thing. And everyone's like, well, I couldn't intermittent fast because I love food. And I'm like, well, I intermittent fast because I love food. Exactly. I do That's it so why I can eat I do what it. I want. And maybe not when I want, but I do. And I'll just, like you say, I just delay it. Like, I won't have that now. I'll have it later. And yesterday was actually my son's birthday. So, you know, we celebrated. We, it was a planned indulgent. I've adopted your theory. It's not a cheat day. It's a planned indulgence. And my daughter came home from overnight camp. I hadn't seen her in a month. And she came home on a Friday. And so I'm like, you know what? Even though it's a fasting day, we're going to have a family dinner. And we took her out to a restaurant so she could have her favorite meal. And, and I ate dinner. Yeah. I fasted all day. I just adjusted. And it is the beauty of intermittent fasting. I went out for a yep. friend's birthday. Yeah, there is. My friend, we went there out for so dinner for her birthday. And reservations were super late. It was at 8.30. And she's like, she said to me, she's like, you're going to eat. And you're going to plan your day around it. And that's that. So I did. I just fasted longer that Thursday. And I ate later and adjusted. And with the alternate daily fasting, it was no problem. It didn't really affect my weight at all. I was like worried about it for no reason. Love it. Mm-hmm. And and mm-hmm. even if it had, those are all fluctuations. It comes and goes. Yeah. We learned that that's not the end of the world either, mm-hmm. right? So you mentioned your fatty liver, you, wow. you know, your liver enzymes. How's that, how's that worked out since? So like I told you in October, <laughs> my liver enzymes were like 47. So the next time, because I get my blood work done every three months, the next time I saw her was in January, my blood work was done and my liver enzymes were at a 21 that January, right after I had started. You had just started. I had just started. My blood work was done on the 13th of January and I had just started on the 6th. So it was really fast. Yeah, it went down a lot. I was back down into normal range and then it slowly kept creeping down. It went 15, 10 in March of 2021, it was at an eight. And now it wow. just says what well, the last time I got my blood work done in June, it just it doesn't even register a number, it says less than eight. Wow. So I don't even know exactly. It's just less than eight. So it's so I mean it's, it's corrected. I've reversed it. <laughs> that's fabulous. You know, yeah. that that's the kind of thing that you just can't 
overstate how important that is. Yeah. And I had my 20, sorry, I had my um, DNA done as well. And mm -hmm. the one thing, the only health marker it said I am more likely to develop is type two diabetes. Okay. And that's everything else that you're not likely to develop it. um, But Mm -hmm. type two diabetes was there as a, you're likely to, and this was after I had started the intermittent fasting. So now I'm also like, not so worried about developing it because before intermittent fasting, I was worried about developing it. And I deal with tons of diabetic patients in my practice. I bet you do with foot issues. Because that just is like, you know, that's the normal progression, right? You have your diabetes, then you have kidney problems, then your feet have problems. And it's just gonna, but that's not how it has to be. Exactly. Yeah. And I see what problems happen with it and how hard it is and all the people on insulin and now knowing what I know about insulin after reading your books and Jason Fung's books, I'm currently reading the diabetes code right now. It's mind blowing, isn't it? Amazing. Like I just, I could have, the first day I sat down to read it, I could have just like, if I had the time to sit there and read through it, it was just so interesting to me, of course, also like with my profession, I just, I see it all the time. And then just reading what he has to say about how it's all connected. And now he's like, I can make anybody fat, just give them insulin. That's one thing he says. And I'm like, yeah, it's, I've had patients who have lost weight over the years and have come off their diabetic medication. So I kind of knew that, yeah, I mean, people have reverses. It's not necessarily a lifetime thing, but at that point I didn't know about intermittent fasting. I was just very worried about becoming diabetic and having to deal with that in my lifetime. And I'm, it's not a worry for me anymore. That's amazing. And just the weight loss benefits, you know, you're, you're going to be you're at your goal, 90 pounds down. That's amazing. Soon. Is this going to be the smallest that you've been in your adult life? Yes, 100%. Yeah. I'm already, even though I still have seven pounds to go, I'm already smaller than when I got married. Wow. Smaller than when I've had other success on other diets. I've never been this small in my life. So in my adult life, even like yep. I said, when I was a, in elementary school, I remember my mom had hired a personal nutritionist to come to the house. And I remember my starting weight. Unlike you, I don't remember all my weights at all my times in my life. <laughs> but I, I think I was probably in about grade seven or eight at this point. And my starting weight then was 175 pounds. Wow. Okay. And how tall are you? Uh, I'm five seven. I don't think okay. I was that tall then. Right. Now I'm five foot seven. Yeah. Yeah, I do. I remember all those weights. I don't know why. Maybe it was my mother being so weight focused. That's gotta it's gotta be what it is with the dance teacher. Yeah, but I I can imagine that that was that was hard to to deal with at that age. Yeah. You get it from my from your parents. You need to lose weight. You shouldn't be eating that. Do you really need that? Um Mm. my mom never kept anything sugary in the house, like no no sugar cereals, no sugar no snacks. So when anything did come into the house, it was you got to get it right away or you're not yeah. getting it. And then when you were at a friend's house and they had, you just ate everything. So yeah, it was, it's, yeah. And now I try like with my kids, I, um, I have the snacks in the house, you know, so it's there if they want it and, and they don't always choose it, to be honest. They sometimes choose the healthy snacks. They sometimes choose the not so healthy snacks, but it is there and they're, you know, I want it that they know that it will be there if they want it. And they don't have to gorge on it when they get it because it's not available. And sneak it and hide it. And yeah, yeah. Because oh, that I leads to the food. whole shame <laughs> spiral, right? Yeah. I was queen of sneaking food and hiding food. And 
hoarding food. Like I said, in my house, if something good came in the house, you had to eat it right away. And I learned how to hide food behind things in the fridge so nobody else could find them. And when I was a little older, I lived in the basement. There was another fridge in the basement and I would hide food in there. When I ended up like having my own car and being able to drive and I would get takeout, I would just go through the different drive-thrus and get a couple meals and hide them somewhere and sit there and eat in shame when nobody was around and eat McDonald's and a sub. And it was just very, very shameful. So I do remember going through two drive throughs on the way to work in the morning. I think I've shared this mm-hmm. before. I would drive through Chick-fil-A because I love their little chicken minis or their chicken biscuit. And the I would get a big Coke that I would like, sip on all day long. I mean, what in the world? <laughs> the big old styrofoam yeah. Coke. Yeah. <laughs> and I would also have you know, the hash browns. Then I'd be like, well, I'd really like a Starbucks coffee and maybe a scone. So then I would also drive through Starbucks. I mean, what in the world? And the things we did. And it's like self-punishment. You know, I don't know how else to say it. Just you're punishing yourself and you you Mm -hmm. shame about what you're doing. So you punish yourself by doing it again. And I don't know. Those were the years I gave up because, you know, like I said, I had been 2009 when I got almost to my goal through the HCG that my friend told me about. And it was amazing, right? No, not amazing. (laughs) Then I rebounded up and then I'm like, forget it. I just can't do it. And look at you now. You've kept it off for what, six years now? I know it's kind of amazing. Yet we just the other day celebrated my cat Ellie, the one that's in delay, don't deny, and that exercise. I thought you said extra fries, whatever <laughs> chatter. That's my cat Ellie, and she's now the one who lost her tail because she was in the car accident and yeah, ran over her that. a little bit. But she, you know, it was just her, like her, the anniversary of getting her in 2015. And I'm like, wait, this is also the anniversary of when I was really doing intermittent fasting and I was at my goal and I can remember, you know, <laughs> I had I'd gotten there. So she's kind of I kind of linked it together there. She's linked very much with my maintenance success. So however long we've had her is how long I've been pretty much maintaining. That's wonderful. It really is. I've never in my entire adult life ever, I mean, from the first time I really did a diet, the first time I really ever dieted was after my freshman year of college. I came home and I had gained some weight and then I did calorie counting because that's, you know, it was 1987. That's what we were doing. Ever since then, there was never a season or a period of time when I just maintained. Yeah. I, it was always up and down. Yeah, me too. I'd never maintain. I could I could lose weight on diets. Like I did really well on some of them. I did really well on Herbal Magic. But, you know, after you stopped, it came back on. Right. And I did Nutrisystem before my wedding and I lost weight. But after you stopped, it came. And Nutrisystem, by the way, it's like astronaut food. You know, I don't know. If, I don't think you ever tried that. It's the Marie Osmond one. I didn't one. do I didn't do that when I have a friend who did, and she's like, I don't know, the food is terrible, but oh, you get terrible. addicted to it. But they deliver Did you find yourself food? craving it? No, I, you know, they deliver food in cardboard boxes for your like mm-hmm. week or your month, and it lives in a cardboard box. It doesn't need to be refrigerated. And when yeah. you think about it, it's really gross. <laughs> yeah. It's astronaut food. It's like comes in and, yeah, and, 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 and it's really expensive. Yeah. All that, anything like that where you're buying food, it was really expensive. I did Jenny Craig, the other one, you know, that's similar. Do y'all have Jenny Craig? Yeah. Yeah, my sister's done Jenny Craig. I've never done Jenny Craig. But, my but I really, has. I only did it for one week. And I didn't do the one where you actually go to the meetings, although they have those. I did the one where you talk to someone on the phone mm-hmm. and then they, they call you back and see how you're doing. So I remember the first week I did it, I lost eight pounds <laughs> the first week with Jenny Craig. And then she called me and she congratulated me. And she's like, congratulations, you're doing so well. You're going to continue, right? And I'm like, no, I realized I could go to the grocery store and buy my own 
frozen packaged gross food. Yeah. So why am I paying you for it? Yeah. And then, of course, I didn't keep doing it. Yeah. I've done that too. Like you have, I would buy lean cuisine and I would know exactly yep. how many calories mm-hmm. were in my, my lunch at work. But I hate counting calories. Hate it. I hate, I hate counting it. anything. I, I just don't want to do math when I'm eating. Mm-mm. And no. that's one thing I never liked about Weight Watchers. Like I said, I tried it when I was a kid. I did Weight Watchers off and on when I was young. But then I remember when they switched the point system And I just never went back because I just never wanted to count what I was eating. One thing I love is I don't have to count anything. And my choices have changed from the beginning with fasting and what I choose to eat. And I don't always want the bad food. Sometimes I do. And I have it. But I don't always want it. Yeah. Yeah. But my choices are much better. And it's definitely changed my life and my lifestyle. And I'm so grateful for, for you and all the work that you have done. And I'm grateful to my friends that mentioned it to me and I've found it. So, and I, I do share it now. I didn't share it in the beginning. Like a lot of people, I I kept it to myself and only a select few people like my husband knew and my friends that mentioned it to me, we were doing it together, but then I, I decided to share it. So the first time I shared it was my one year anniversary. So in January of this year, even though I was in the middle of that plateau, I'd still lost about 60 pounds which is a lot in a a year. Yeah. I still think of myself as a bit of a turtle because I do tend to lose weight slowly. Like I'm lucky if I lose a pound a week, slow and steady wins the race, right? If it comes off, it's better than gaining a pound. So if I lose a pound, it's, I'm fine. It doesn't matter how long it takes to come off. At the beginning, I would have thought I would have hit my goal by now, but it's slower and that's fine because what's the alternative? Mm -hmm. The alternative is putting my weight back on and I'm not okay with that. But I decided on my one year anniversary, I was very, very nervous about sharing on social media with all the eyes. And because you you do get the judgment, like, or you feel like you get the judgment that, oh, here she goes again with another weight loss. Or I remember she lost weight before a few years ago, and then she put it back on. And here we go again. But I put a picture of myself from just before I started intermittent fasting and and what I look like. I think the picture was from October-ish, November, but either way. And I shared what I was doing and how I lost the weight. I got such an overwhelming amount of positive feedback. I got no hate, which surprised me a little bit. (laughs) I was very worried about a bit of the hateful comments that I was going to get, and I got none of that. I had so many people reach out to me privately or even on my post. I must have had over 200 200 and some odd comments on the post, and I had um, about a dozen or so reach out to me privately, just with, you know, asking me either about intermittent fasting, asking me for my help or my advice, or just sharing their stories about how they've been doing it also. I mean, I had no idea that I knew so so many people that were intermittent fasting. Mm -hmm. And it was really quite that day. I just remember I was every time I checked my phone, there was just tons of messages and support and love coming in. And I was really happy that I ended up sharing it because I was very scared about sharing it. And I get it because you're, you're, you do worry, you know, like whenever I've been interviewed on a, a podcast where it's someone I don't know or like on the radio or something and, and I'm like, are they, is this going to be the one that's like, this is bad, you know, criticizing intermittent fasting so far. It hasn't been like that at all, but you worry that you're going to get pushed back. And you're going to have to defend it. it. Before I shared it, if I said anything to people in my life, my family or some friends, you you hear the comments, oh, that doesn't sound healthy. Or like, oh, you're doing that starvation thing. 
and just all that, the negative things. And like, again, like when I first heard it, that was my first reaction too, is like, oh, I could never do that. I can't skip breakfast, forget that. And I did hear that. And so I was very worried about sharing it publicly, but I did. And and I'm so glad that you did. You know, I actually had a, I rarely get negative comments like that now, but just this week on Instagram, I, I did a Instagram live for a, a group in June, I think it was. And so they shared it in their, in their their group has an Instagram page. And so they shared it there. And just, I don't know, someone came across it and made a comment and said, how is this not an eating disorder? <laughs> right there. And because I had been tagged in and it showed up, you know. And I was like, oh, that's sad to me that that's still coming around, you know. But it does show that people really don't understand the difference between fasting and eating disorders. I think what I was doing before was an eating disorder. Hoarding food, hiding food, going through two Mm drive-thrus, that's an eating disorder. So that was a problem. So, Yeah, my eating felt way more disordered in the past versus now. So, you know, I tried to very, you know, I I said, um, you know, actually, it's, you know, it's not an eating disorder. Eating disorders are a mental illness. And fasting is not... You know, about restriction. It's about nourishing your body during your eating window. <laughs> Fasting doesn't give you an eating disorder. I, I think the confusion arises because people with eating disorders could abuse fasting, but that doesn't mean fasting is the problem. It's the abuse of fasting that would be the problem. Just like yeah, celery is absolutely. not a problem, but if you only ate celery, <laughs> that would that would be an eating disorder. <laughs> that that would be a problem for me only eating celery. Yeah, I don't think I could happily live like that. <laughs> I'm sure that if if someone had told me, like the cabbage soup diet, only eat this special cabbage soup, that felt like an eating disorder. Mm -hmm. Did you ever try that one? No, I never did that one. And I'd heard about like the master cleanse one, which I think was like lemon juice and some cayenne pepper and maple syrup. Okay, now let's let's really unpack that now that we know about insulin. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) We're drinking a concoction made from maple syrup. All day long. Mm -hmm. I never tried it. It just, it didn't sit well with me. And I was like, I don't think I could do it. So I never tried it. I tried it and it was gross and and you felt terrible, but you did drop some weight pretty fast. So it's funny what we try and what we don't try. Like I wouldn't try that, but then I would try like taking medication to try and lose weight or eating astronaut food out of a cardboard box that sat on my floor for a month. So... (laughs) (laughs) So other than the, you know, your fatty liver is completely reversed and no sign of, of diabetes coming, have there been, there been any other health benefits that you've personally noticed? Those are the, the biggest ones. Um, my arthritis has been well under control, I would say. Before I started intermittent fasting and maybe about four or five years ago, I had a big flare up with my arthritis and I was put on medication, like injectable medications and I've since weaned off all the injectable medications. I'm not bothered by my arthritis right now, and that should hopefully stay like that. I wanted to go without injecting myself with anything, so I've come off all that, and everything's been great. I would like to say that my gray hair has reversed, but unfortunately, it hasn't. I see. Mine hasn't either. I've got more. I'll get it covered up. But that one, I'm still waiting for that one to happen one day. That that one is one we have heard before, yeah. and I've actually heard people that were not happy. They're like, I am not happy because I love my gray hair, and now it's going back to the normal color. And I'm like, well, I'm sorry. I can't help that. Yeah, I, know. 
I, I, my skin has been great. And like a lot of the other things that you hear people talk about, I'm waiting for the gray hair and, and the fatty liver. And I didn't really, like I said before, I didn't really have any other health concerns. So I mean, nothing, nothing much like that. I'm just hoping that it, it continues. And I keep seeing anti-aging properties of, of the intermittent fasting keep working as I age and get older. I mean, I'm able to sit on the floor and play with my kids and, you know, my, my knee doesn't bother me anymore. And so I just, I can't wait to see what the future holds. So that really, it, the anti-aging part is just, you know, now that I'm 52 and <laughs> getting older, and that doesn't mean I don't see any signs of aging because, you know, I just went through menopause. And so I definitely have noticed a difference in my skin elasticity, which is just, I didn't even realize, you know, how much a role hormones play in that. I didn't understand. And then you get there and you're like, oh, what's happening to my arm? It looks different than it did last year. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just the whole, the you know, but, but you, lose, you lose collagen in your skin. Yeah, I've started and adding so that's collagen why. into my eating window days. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I'm, I'm, so that's my next thing to think that. about is what to do about it. You know, increasing the collagen because intermittent fasting has not fixed that problem that you have with menopause coming on, or you know that I'm here. But as far as anti aging in general, I do think I'm going to age better than if I weren't doing intermittent fasting, just because so much of the the aging process is decreased autophagy. Yeah. You know, yeah. as we get older, we have decreased autophagy, but with intermittent fasting, we're increasing yes. it. I always have your voice in the back of my head when I have a week where I'm not losing any pounds on the scale. I always like to think that the intermittent fasting is healing other things in my body that need to be worked on. And it's working on something in the background that isn't reflected on the scale because that's only one measurement. Um, so I, I do my measurements as well, like once a month in my pictures. And I kid you not, I have had months where my measurements have stayed exactly the same, except for maybe around my bust has dropped like four centimeters. Right. Or yeah, your body you know, my just bust one month has stayed that, the same, but month. my waist dropped. Yeah, mm-hmm. something's been working. And, you know, people were saying, oh, your boobs look smaller. And I'm like, no, what are you talking about? And then like, I'll go and measure my boobs that month and like four centimeters is gone off that. But like everything else stayed exactly the same. So the body is so funny. Yeah, it's always working on something and I'm just happy that it's working and and go do what you need to do and I'll be right here waiting when when the scale's ready to go down again like no rush. Like I said as long yep. as it's not sneaking back up on me. It's exactly. Good. <laughs> well, my boobs were like the last thing to go. It was actually kind of funny, you know, even that when I lost or got down to my goal, I still had, you know, I was still like double D, triple D at one point and then even when I got to goal, I was still, you know, <laughs> endowed but then over time i've lost them now i'm a c yeah i've I've, i haven't been able to go get remeasured but i've done it like just myself with the help of internet tools and i've definitely lost a lot i still have a lot to go but i will go get professionally measured and just because we're just starting to open up again here in ontario so it's been a little hard to go and do things like that when everybody's on lockdown. Well, even our stores, even though we've not been as locked down, like I know our stores, I was at the mall recently. All the bathing suits were on great sale mm-hmm. now that it's coming to the end of summer. So I was stocking up on bathing suits and they they said they're not doing the fittings in the lingerie departments yeah. right now because of COVID. So yeah, well, that makes sense. Just, I mean, it'll, they'll, they'll start up again soon one day, I'm sure. 
Hopefully. Yeah, probably so. It's so much different to go bathing suit shopping now, though, right? <laughs> well, I, I haven't. I just actually went to um, a mall just a couple of days ago with a friend for my first time since the pandemic started. I hadn't been inside any store. I'd been doing all my shopping online. And I've been really lucky. I've got a couple friends that have given me hand-me-downs of clothes to get me through. And I've ordered a few oh, that's things great. here and there. So I really haven't been shopping at all. I've been getting by and just buying like a few t-shirts and stuff like that online and one day I'll go to the store and like try on clothes and see what size I am but uh, I know I'm I'm down to about a medium about a size eight again which like I said I haven't been since I was in grade eight so that's amazing now okay I know European sizes are really different from American sizes. Are Canadian sizes the same as American sizes? Yeah, we're we're similar, maybe just a size off. But we, I do shop a lot with American stores, like you okay. know, so anything I order, it's really not a problem. There's only a select few things that won't deliver to Canada, but yeah. Would an eight in Canada be like a six in America? Probably? Some stores. It really depends. I think on the store. Okay. Yeah, but about even yeah. here, yeah. it's really it's crazy with stores like, you know, bathing suit shopping, for example, I buy bigger sizes in bathing suits than I do in regular clothes. And just you just have to buy what fits you regardless of what it says yeah. on the number. Now that I know my measurements so well, I look at the sizing chart to see if something okay. fits. So like if I order from a website like Shein, then where the clothes come, they're all made in China and they fit smaller. I look at right. the sizing and go on that. So maybe I'll order a medium, maybe I'll order a large, and it doesn't really matter what the tag says as long as it fits and it looks good on me. Because even if it says medium and it's too tight, it's not going to look good on exactly. me. Exactly. So that's right. Yeah, that's, that's that's a great way to do it, going by those measurements, you know, when you can't try it on. And you just, and even when you can try them on, it, it can be crazy to find things in the size in the store. You could like, this is the size I am. And then you try on the same exact size and something else and it doesn't fit right. Yeah. This episode is brought in part to you by Audible, your go-to destination for thrilling audio entertainment. Whether you're looking for a hair-raising experience to enjoy while you're on the move or eager to dive into sinister and shocking tales, Audible has an exclusive collection of thrillers from best-selling authors that will keep you on the edge of your seat. Like James Patterson's first audio-only thriller, The Coldest Case. Experience stories like never before where every chilling detail is brought to life by captivating sound design. Plus, as an Audible member, choose one title a month to make yours forever. And now, new members can try Audible free for 30 days. Just visit audible.com slash WonderyPod or text WonderyPod to 500-500. That's audible.com slash WonderyPod or text WonderyPod to 500-500. Sound the gifting panic alarm. We've all been there. You need to find the perfect gift. You have absolutely zero ideas and you don't know where to start. Relax. Now you can use gift mode on Etsy. Gift mode takes the stress out of gifting so you can find the perfect item for anyone and any occasion. Just answer a few short questions about who you're shopping for and what they like, and Gift Mode gives you curated gift ideas based on hundreds of personas. Imagine pages of artisan espresso mugs for the coffee connoisseur in your life. Or for the pickleballer, customized paddle covers in every shade imaginable. Etsy's got you covered. Need to find the perfect gift? Don't panic. Try Gift Mode on Etsy now. What are you going to say? Don't go too crazy on buying clothes. Yes, yes, yes I, I, I have you in say. my head when I 
when I went to the mall with my friend this week, I was like, well, I, I, I'm not staying here. Like I do hope to keep going. I'm not quite at goal yet. And I know Jin says, don't go crazy buying clothes. And I feel like I'm kind of at the point where you were when you bought all your size eight and 10 clothes and right. then you weren't in them anymore. Exactly. So. And I wasn't in them very long. 10 is where I went crazy because I felt so good. Yeah. <laughs> I, I feel like I'm there now and I'm trying to hold back. I have a lot of clothes to get me through. And when I go to work now, I just wear scrubs. So I don't need that much as far as like my wardrobe at this point. And I don't want to be stuck with a lot of brand new clothes that I've never worn. Exactly. Exactly. So, all right. So you mentioned that you told a lot of people when you came out of the um, the intermittent fasting closet mm-hmm. yeah. in, after your one year. So how about people close to you? Who uh, I know you started with a couple of friends. How many people that are close to you are, are doing intermittent fasting? That's a good question. I have quite a lot of people that are are doing it. I actually started, I had a blog that I was secretly doing before I came out of the intermittent fasting closet. I was writing a blog just sort of for myself in my experience. Um, And then when I got such a positive response from people in January, when I posted about it, I decided to make a Facebook group of my own, like my own community, because a lot of people were reaching out to me for advice. So I wanted a place where, you know, I can help everybody and and we can share our stories. So I made a Facebook group um, with the same name as my blog, which is Fasting Times at Midlife High which is a take on fast times oh, at Ridge Mile High, except for yes. midlife, because my husband likes to remind me that I'm middle-aged. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, honey. Yeah, thanks so much. <laughs> um, so yeah, we've got about, it's a group of about 160 some odd people there. So a lot of people, again, some people were doing it before and a lot of people have tried after, but I would say more than like about a dozen, two dozen people that I know of that have been doing it since reaching out to me. So some people close to me, nobody in my family yet. Nobody. They all. I think they all think I'm crazy and still doing that starvation thing. And she's not eating today. Families yeah. for you, right? <laughs> but I've had a lot of friends that have started doing it. Yeah, for sure. And yeah, so I'm so happy, and I'm happy to share, and I'm happy to help people, and and offer advice. And that's the best part is that you can help people. And I can remember, you know, you mentioned isogenics. I did isogenics too. And the way that they sell you on that is not only are you going to lose weight, but you're going to make money. Yeah, I I never sold it. I just did it. Well, you know, I was like, okay, I'll do that. I'll lose weight and make money. That sounds great. And (laughs) so I was like, look what I'm doing. I'm doing, you know, uh, and then people like see you coming and they run the other way because you're going to try to sell them this thing. But I didn't lose weight. Yeah, no, no, me either. And I don't like the shake thing. I don't like having shakes. I like having food. I don't want to have a shake for my meal. I want to eat. I want to enjoy. I've got friends that say they like having their calories on wine. And I'm like, well, I'd rather have my calories on food. Food. But the beauty of intermittent fasting is that, you know, we can share it. And unlike when we were doing those things that were like, you know, try this and I will sell it to you. Instead, it's like, try intermittent fasting. I have nothing to sell Mm -hmm. you. You're going to love it. It's amazing. And you'll even save money. Yeah, it's absolutely true. <laughs> friend, she's like, you should like go into coaching or something. I'm like, no, there's no money to be made here. Like, it, it's, it's like free. You don't have to do anything. Just try it. You save money on groceries and eating. And, you know, you don't have to go out all the time. And exactly. Exactly. You know, that's the thing. You know, I, I, you know, quote, coach friends also, you know, of course, here I am coaching everybody, you know, on the podcast. But in my real life, I have friends that really friends I knew from high school will reach out and. I love to help a friend from high school. Yeah. Yeah. I've had people reach out from high school as well to me and just say that they've 
decided to try. They've seen my journey. And, and even just recently, I had somebody reach out to me that didn't reach out to me from, they just reached out to me now when they saw my post in, in January. So I'm, I've learned, I'm very happy to share it. And if it's not, for, I know it's not for everybody and that's fine. It's for me and hopefully it's for, you know, somebody else too. And even if it changes one person, then that's great. And then they can maybe change one person and help somebody with their journey and their struggles. It's true. And just to be clear, to clarify, I don't know if I was clear, I don't coach for, I don't charge for coaching. Like people will sometimes send me an email and say, do you do paid coaching? Will you coach me? I'm like, no, I don't do paid coaching. So any of my friends that I've coached, it's been, you know, just as a friend, because I'm still, you know, I want to, I want to pay it forward in the world like that. But just a couple weeks ago, I I was sitting in the front yard because our backyard's under construction. So I've got some chairs out there. And so I met one of my neighbors. We've lived here for almost two years, and I'd never met her. But she was walking by, and we started talking. And then she was interested in my house. And I'm like, come on in. I showed her around. (laughs) And then we were talking some more. And, of course, intermittent fasting came up. Well, two days ago, she walked by again. And she's like, I just have to tell you, I got your book. I read it. I'm doing intermittent fasting. So as my husband, all my friends are doing it. We've all started doing it. And just because I, I mentioned it, you know, just to a stranger, you know, now plant so all seed. of us, we plant the seed. So don't be afraid. I'm glad that even though you were afraid and you were nervous, mm-hmm. you did it. Yeah, I, I'm glad I did it too. It was it was really I that day just emotionally, it was so nice. And so made me want to cry as I got work, kept checking my messages. And it's like, oh my God, I was like, kept waiting for that negative message or post to come up and it never did. And it's, it's great. And I, even like with my blog, you know, people have given me positive messages about that and how they really can identify with some of my, my journeys and my stories. Like I had one blog post on food hoarding and hiding my food in secret. And I've had so many people, you know, message me about that one saying, Oh my God, I did the same thing. I thought I was the only one that hid food like that. And so many people have told me that they did it too. And I'm glad, like if it helps one person, that's great. So I wish I had somebody to help me at that point in my life. I I do. I think we face these things and we feel shame and we feel alone and we feel like no one else has ever done this. But really, I think the story is more similar than it is different. I think probably most of us that have struggled with our weight have hidden what we're what we're eating because we, we, you know, first of all, we know we're going to be judged for eating that thing we, quote, shouldn't be eating. And then we eat it and then we hide that. And then we feel shame for we should feel shame for the eating it and shame for the hiding it. Yeah, I've always felt that like when I go to a restaurant or a food court or I'm eating out in public, you know, if I order the something with the fries, well, it's like, oh, well, there you go. There's the fat girl eating fries. Of course, look at her. Or if I get the salad, it's like, oh, you know, here she is ordering the salad, trying to be healthy. Like whether I order a salad or fries or it doesn't matter. I've always felt judgment on me. And that's totally on myself. It probably nobody cared what I was eating or what was on my plate. It was my own projection onto myself. And, you know, when I go out now, I don't feel any of that. I'm only going to order what I want and eat what I want, whether it's a salad or a plate of fries. And that's fine. Like salad with fries. Exactly. (laughs) Salad wrap. You just wrap a fry in salad. It becomes lettuce wrapped and it's healthy all of a sudden. So do you tell your patients about intermittent fasting at all? Or is that just not something? 
Some of them. So because, you know, I'm not there for nutrition advice or, or eating advice. So I do kind of watch what I say, but I have had patients ask me, some people have come out and say, Oh my God, you look like you've lost so much weight. How are you doing it? And, you know, I started off at the beginning saying, well, I, I just changed my lifestyle. I just changed when I eat, not what I eat. And sometimes that opens the conversation. And if they ask more, then I, I'll tell them more. And some people will come and they'll say I'm intermittent fasting. And I've had patients tell me that they've done it as well. And some people are a little hesitant nowadays to ask if I've lost weight. They don't know if maybe I'm sick or something's wrong and why I've lost weight if it's been on purpose. But some of my patients have asked me like specifically what it is I'm doing. And I'll, instead of saying, well, you know, I'm intermittent fasting and all you do is skip breakfast and that's that I'll, I'll recommend. Why don't you, I recommend your book, Fast, Feast, Repeat. And I said, read this book and see, and I'll tell them it's intermittent fasting and just read this book and uh, guide them towards that so that they can make their own decision. Cause I don't want to be like, oh yeah, no, my chiropodist told me that I should do this <laughs> exactly. for my foot right, care. Right, and I'm right. like, when, you know, yeah. so I do have to sort of balance that and watch what I'm saying. Cause they're not there for advice on weight loss and and eating, but I'm happy to help them, you know, if, if they ask and if they, they want my, what I'm doing, I I'm happy to share with them, but I do sort of yeah, monitor what I'm saying. <laughs> I love that you're able to weave it in, but in a way that, yeah, yeah that works for, for what you're doing. And I think people don't realize, they think, you know, this is one of the, you know, you know, I left Facebook and, um, it was always so hard on Facebook to to manage, you know, not giving medical advice. For one thing, I'm not a doctor. And and, and even if I was your doctor, I wouldn't be giving you medical advice on Facebook. And people would get so mad about, about us not allowing certain posts. But, you know, even in your practice as a doctor, you still have to be careful about the medical advice that you give. And I just think that's something for people to really understand, not to get your medical advice from me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And like a lot of them, a lot of the patients that I have that are diabetic, they're like, oh, well, I couldn't do that. My, you know, my doctor, because they have their diabetic specialist or their family doctor um, may not see intermittent fasting they, as something that they could or should be doing and don't want them to do it. And so I, I recommend like your book or even The Obesity Code by Dr. Fung. And I even was when I went to my own family physician for a checkup during the pandemic, I recommended that he read the obesity code because some of the information he was saying when I told him what I had done to lose weight wasn't necessarily correct. Because right. like you said, they don't know. Like they're, they're not well, trained true. in nutrition mm -hmm. quite like that when they went through medical school. So they, yeah, they just, they don't know. They don't have the right information either. Yeah. I think that's so important. Well, we are almost out of time. What would you tell someone just starting out with intermittent fasting or what do you wish you knew when you first started? I feel like when I first started, I really did my research before, like I, like I, you know, was quick, but I looked into it, I knew what I was getting into before I started. And, and I think knowledge is power. And I think that anybody who's going to start, don't just like listen to one person say, just skip breakfast and eat whatever you want. And then you're going to lose weight. It's, there's a little bit more to it than that. So you know, look it up and understand why it works and not just what it works. I find even with my patients, when I'm explaining a treatment to them, if I tell them why we're doing it, then they're more likely to comply and do it and have better results. So, um, and yeah, just, just know what you're doing and, and why you're doing it and understand how it works and, and the science behind it. I'm a science girl. So, I like the science to it, but um, yeah, I think I, I wouldn't say I knew everything going into it, but I, I do struggle still with the 
trying not to compensate when my window is open and eat it all. <laughs> like when my window is open, I, I have no off button, but as soon as my, my window closes, I'm good. I can go for my 24, 48 hours, doesn't matter. I can do it. But once my window is open, I still even now struggle with making sure that I'm not always picking up food every time I walk by the kitchen and just sort of still keeping busy. And keeping busy is, is really good at helping you not eat and put things in your mouth when your window's open. Well, Jana, thank you so much for being here today. And I really enjoyed talking I've to you. I enjoyed talking to you so much, Jen. Thank you so much. It's really been my pleasure. Thank you for having me. Do you have an intermittent fasting story to tell? Email me at jen at intermittentfastingstories.com and I'll add you to the lineup. That's G-I-N at intermittentfastingstories.com. The world wants to hear your story. That's it for today. Remember, I may have a doctorate, but I'm not a medical doctor. So don't use anything you hear on this podcast as a substitute for medical advice. Please always check with your doctor or healthcare provider if you have medical questions. I'll talk to you next week, Fasting Family, where we will hear another inspiring story. Have a great week and fast on. Intermittent Fasting Stories is edited, mixed, and mastered by Resonate Recordings. To learn more, visit them at ResonateRecordings.com or email them at hello at ResonateRecordings.com. Intermittent Fasting Stories listeners will receive a free offer if you mention that you heard it on the podcast. I feel like I was blindsided. Because it's a competition show. From the producers of Jury Duty and The Bachelor. We have scoured the earth for the 14 greatest reality contestants that were available during our production window comes a reality competition show about reality competition shows. Nobody has dared to find out who is the actual best at just being on a reality show. I'm your host, comedian Daniel Tosh. It's winner go home. Each episode, our contestants will face new challenges that will test their strength and lack of life skills for a chance to win $200 million. Thousands, not millions. $200,000. Because it's about to be ugly, crying, lots of fighting. Tasha, I have to defend myself. Celebrating 25 years of reality TV with your favorites. I have diarrhea. You cannot do this to me. What in gay hell have I got myself into? The GOAT. Stream free on Amazon Freeview or Prime Video.